0: Welcome here to the sanctuary, into the trenches, Take the low place.
1: Hello, hello. This is your host John Huebner. It's January thirty first, two thousand twenty two, the last day of January. With me, I have my voiceover specialist, <laughs> um, audio engineer. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> my wife, the one and only Sarah Ann. Welcome. Thanks. So we had kind of a nice warm January day today. It was, it was awesome. Kind of sweet. We got to go outside and didn't have 15 layers on. No. But was... we do have winter storm coming this week. So. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of the calm before the storm.
0: Yeah. Preparing for that.
1: But we'll welcome any warm day. Anytime. Anytime. It's always nice to get outside and play with the kiddos and have them run around like crazy. Yeah. And we are outside people. So it was just awesome getting out and doing those types of things. And yeah. And getting a nice warm break from the winter. Yep. Uh, So hopefully more of those to come.
0: (laughs) Hopefully spring soon.
1: Well, I hope you guys are excited today. We're talking about an interesting topic uh, that I thought would be really good to dive into because I think it's relevant. I think it's probably on our minds and hearts more than we'd like to admit, which is just kind of loneliness in marriage or being lonely in marriage. And so we'll get to dig into that in a little bit. So hang on. It should be an interesting conversation. (laughs) And hopefully you, you learn a lot from Us being honest and open about our marriage and just some of the things that we see and and how we journey through some of these things after 15 years of being married. Yeah. Um, Before we do, we love digging into what's new and what's hot in our life. And today was a hot day, so... We'll take the weather. Yeah, we'll dive right in. The first topic we'll dig into is music. So one of the things, or one of the people we've been listening to is Chris Renzima, which I think is how you say his name. Yeah, that's how I've heard it. Sarah kind of started playing his stuff, and we've just been jamming as a family. Yeah. One of his songs is Jericho, right?
0: No, that's a different oh, guy.
1: See, I'm, I don't even know who we're listening hey, that's to. That's
0: Andrew Rip. He's the other guy.
1: And Andrew Rip. Is
0: a, it's <laughs> new music we're in our house. We're just exploding
1: with new stuff. Yeah. But I, I, the reason I said Jericho is because that's our, our youngest son, Joshua, always asks for that song to be played because he I think he relates to it with <laughs> Joshua knocking over the walls of Jericho. Yeah. But we have really enjoyed Chris, and Mm -hmm. he just has really good music, kind of folky.
0: Yeah, Christian-based, well, I guess spiritual-based, but yeah.
1: Yeah, good stuff. So if you haven't heard him, go online, check it out. I'd be surprised if you didn't enjoy it, too. Yeah. Second thing that's kind of new um, that should be interesting this year is I've signed up for a Half Ironman, which will take place October 1st in Muncie, Indiana. That's where the
0: Eveners are going on vacation this year.
1: (laughs) When you do an official... Iron Man or Half Iron Man, they always say to do one that. Oh, that is a, an aff- affiliated race because th- those are the best ones to join. There's other Half Iron Mans that are yeah. not an affiliated race by the Ironman Corporation. Yeah. So I've always wanted, it's always been on a bucket list of mine, but there's definitely a journey to getting there, right? Mm-hmm. You don't just show up and have the ability to do those things. I, I feel like I could do those individually um, without a big concern and have done those multiple times, but putting them all together, which is a mile swim, 50-something on the bike, and then a half Ironman,
0: Half marathon.
1: Uh, yes, half marathon. <laughs>
0: we'll lead to I'm half Ironman.
1: <laughs> Putting all those together is not easy. Mm-hmm. And growing my fitness capacity to, to be able to handle those is going to take some hard work, which full-on training starts in May. And what full-on training looks like typically for me, at least the training plan that I have, is like three runs a week, three swims a week, three bikes a week. And so I know it's it's not just an event for me, but it's a full family event Mm -hmm. because it'll take time for me. But thankful for Sarah for letting me do it (laughs) because it's been on my bucket list and it's something I wanted to try to do before I turned... Forty and my body fell apart. Yeah. Uh, even though I hope well into my forties, I'm able to do stuff like this. I can just tell my body is like, "Hey, if you're going to do it, do it now. Yeah. At least to the to the level that you desire. Yeah. And to get out there and feel good and feel confident. So you do a lot of training, and hopefully that October first is just a celebration day. You're just able to get out there and do it. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot of work that has to get put into being able to do it. But that's yeah. exciting. Works. Ex- I'm excited, Sarah. I'm excited to watch should... you go through. <laughs> and hopefully we'll be able to do. You know, set aside the same kind of adventures for Sarah as well, where you yeah. know, she's dreaming and thinking about, hey, I, I physically want to challenge myself to do this. It's just something that we love doing as we're active and mm-hmm. and just love putting our bodies in situations where we just feel good and healthy and active and are outside and enjoying nature and creation and, and pounding some pavement. That's how <laughs> we love doing it. And yep. we just got into running even most of you're like, what are these two talking about? They're mm-hmm. crazy. <laughs> Um, what what have we been watching? So we did go see Sing Two in the movie theater. We awesome, took our kids to the movies and it two was, thumbs up. It was really good.
0: Stinking awesome, man. <laughs> I mean, how
1: could you go wrong with Bono? Yeah, it was just seriously, super good and it's
0: better than the first one.
1: Yeah, we thought it was maybe just because we've seen the first one, it kind of led us into the second one, and it was just super good. And yeah, we we really enjoyed it and had yep. had a lot of fun. So if you have kiddos, go see that. Go see that. It was it was really good.
0: The yeah. real life Clifford.
1: We did go really,
0: see... Really, <laughs> we watched that at home. That was good. I mean, we're just like...
1: It was kind of like a really good B, maybe C movie. Maybe,
0: but our kids loved it. Yeah, and it was, That's all that's important. It was
1: awesome seeing our kids crack up and yep. have fun watching Real Life Clifford, which we enjoy too. So yep. it, was, it was a good movie. Um, something that we've been reading. So a book that I've been reading is probably one of my favorite books that I've read to date. Especially, definitely one of my favorite books that I read in 2021 it's called the Soul of Desire: Discovering the Neuroscience of Longing, Beauty, and Community. So, if 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 you haven't read this book, I highly encourage you to. It's it's almost like paying for a for the price of a book, you're getting three hundred to six hundred dollars worth of counseling <laughs> out of a book. And if both you and your spouse can read it, uh, it it's a wonderful book and really tries to have you lean from the one side of your brain, which is the worry, stress, shame, and trauma, which we just are in a lot. And even currently, we've been in that side of our head a lot and move you to the side of creativity and beauty and where where God wants us to be a good portion of of our days. And so I'll read you a, a quick quote. Maybe you can relate. It says this, I recall once when coming upon the south rim of the Grand Canyon near Sunset that the beauty was so staggering that it almost felt too painful to look at. More to the point, I was not capable of containing what I saw. I felt myself too flimsy, too fragile. Beauty welcomes us in the sense that it is invitational, vulnerable, and unhurried. It tells us we are wanted in its presence. As we soon see enough, beauty in art welcomes our broken parts, as well as those with which we are more comfortable Beauty leads us to worship by enabling us to live in the real world, the world of trauma and shame that is so pervasive, and then to see it through. We see and feel this as Thomas did when, invited by Jesus to touch his side and the nail prints in his hands and feet. Thomas' response was, My Lord and my God. I highly recommend it. I'm going to try to get Sarah to read it. Because I think she'll really, really, really enjoy it. And I think it'd be really good for us to lean into it a little bit. And it's something we always talk about. Hey, what are we, what are we creating together and as a family and as a community? And how, how do we lean on that instead of just always feeling unhappy or stressed or anxious or worried? Mm-hmm. And so highly, re- highly recommend it. Last thing we have that's new. So for the first time in a couple of years, the Chiefs aren't making it to the Super Bowl. So that's, we were that's new. Very sad yesterday. Uh, but I have to say, like one of the things that has been more frustrating, and my friend even said this today, which is, I, I hate that we get so emotional about two. Why teams. am I
0: so invested? I do <laughs> not know these people, and I've only lived here six and a half years. Here's not like thing. I was born here.
1: We were very. We were so happy the day before. We almost, bought, we
0: almost bought family chief sweatshirts. We probably spent $200. What I'm
1: saying, even, even outside of football, like none, none of us, were. we weren't frustrated. We were emotionally in check until a football game. And all of a sudden. We're we sad were sad
0: all night last night.
1: <laughs> even worse, you know, being around even with Sarah's dad who was emotionally invested. And it's like, this is not helping. Everybody's angry. Nobody's happy. <laughs> like, and this is all about a few people throwing a ball around the field.
0: Who make a lot, a lot of money? We're still very sad. What are we
1: doing anyway? So that's new. So now we, we'll see if we'll watch the Rams and the Bengals play. And the- no, we
0: already gave up the Super Bowl. We're out. We don't even care. I'm not even watching it. No more football forever. I don't even uh, like football. What's wrong?
1: The good news is that this week we have the opening ceremony for the Winter Olympics. Come on, USA! We need the heartfelt
0: (laughs) stories, man. We need those. The people who are like working full time and make it to the Olympics.
1: All right, when we get back, we'll have a hot topic to talk about. Welcome back. So here it is, our hot topic, something that is just hot within our community, something I've heard over and over and over again, that seems to be a constant thread or a narrative that people are leaning into that I'd love to share a few thoughts on. This is the phrase, you be you. Mm-hmm. And so we, we see that a lot, or maybe it's you do you, or maybe it's just be you. Mm-hmm. And there, there's a lot of you be you out there. And I know that there's two sides to this, and so it's hard to dissect because for me, I can always, I can sit down with somebody and have somebody sit down to me and say like, hey, here's the value in you being you. Mm-hmm. And I could probably lean into that and be like, yes, John, be you. And then there's a the side that somebody could probably just wreck that and be like, no, you don't be you. And I could probably lean into that side as well. And so I think there's a side that there's a beauty to who you are. There's a u- uniqueness. There's just a lot of healthiness in you understanding the beauty of who God created you to be, the gifts and you are the only one of you there will ever be all of history, right? There Mm -hmm. never has been somebody exactly like you before you, and there never will be. And so, Sarah, you're the only Sarah Ann Hebner there will ever be, right? Mm -hmm. So, there's something just beautiful about that. But at the same time, you also have to lean into the side that, uh, I'm going to say this one phrase and kind of leave it at this, which is, some of what you think you are won't survive Jesus' coming. And sometimes for me, that's just kind of heavy.
0: Yeah, and I think right we have to grapple with the idea that our culture is UBU, but I think our belief system is UBU in how Christ created you, right? And we have to grapple with what isn't going to survive when Christ comes back, and that's where the reckoning comes from, right? You know, I mean, like, oh yeah, you you be you, you do you, like faults and all, which is great because we all have them, you know. But I think that's where. The faith part of it comes in is that we have to reckon with there will be parts of us that won't and can't survive when Christ comes back.
1: Absolutely. Because who I'm called to be is an image bearer of God, right? Mm-hmm. And that takes me to a cross. Mm-hmm. And so my, my call is like, hey, you know, we, we've said this a lot. And even a pastor that is a dear friend of ours, Jay with Dietrichson, whom I love deeply always to say this, hey, don't try just die, mm-hmm. right? Which is like, hey, I need to surrender mm-hmm. self. And we always say this, more of Christ or less of me, right? Less of me, more of Him. That is a, a thread or a narrative that I think for a lot of people are kind of moving away from that mm-hmm. and really trying to identify with their own brand, right? Mm-hmm. What is my brand? And I'm going to portray that brand So that everybody loves that brand of who I am instead of me saying like, hey, I'm going to lay self down.
0: Well, yeah, because as who wants to deal with the uncomfortableness and the ugly parts and the sinful parts of ourselves, right? Like that's what we face when we look at Christ. And I don't mean that like he holds us accountable to that. That's not, that's opposite, right? He actually takes that from us, but who wants to portray that? Like who wants to live in that? you know every day so there is a sense where you wake up and go oh it's a new day new mercies god is good right like i'm going to let go of the not great things and focus on the good things which you know maybe has some merit but what do i want to project to the world and i want to live in that space right like i don't want to just sit in my house and like constantly just this is this is where i'm wrong this is where i struggled this is my sin you know and so there's a balance of like Hey, we have to face that, and we're gonna face that. But I don't want to live in it. it's a it's uncomfortable, right? Like, who wants to project a painful life, right? Like, you want to project this is who I am, and I'm great, and I'm a mother of three, and I do all these things and all this stuff. Yeah. You know, I mean,
1: yeah, it's it's a challenging, and we'll we'll dig into that a little bit in our lived out section. But it's it's just a it's a challenge to not lean into that and try to mask who. We are in brokenness, but to close this, I just would say, Hey, be who God's called you to be, mm-hmm. be who God intended you to be. And how do we know who that is? We got to have a relationship with Him, mm-hmm. and hopefully, through that, you'll continue to move in that direction. Mm-hmm. All right, welcome back. And we are now into the the core of our podcast called Lived Out. So, this is really formed on the inside for life on the outside as me and Sarah continue to grow and be formed and live within our dynamic relationship as well as our surroundings. And within that, how do we continue to move ourselves into the trenches? a place where we feel like God dwells and is calling us to. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that starts with our marriage and our marriage being on the same page. And I want to start by saying this, we are not relationship experts (laughs) at all. But we are... We're not? We are trying to figure this thing out. And this thing called marriage continues to transform and change as we grow older and within our marriage in 15 years it's not like you can just be married for it's like once you hit the five-year mark it's like put it on cruise control yeah right um it it just gets it's a roller coaster ride for sure and what i wanted what i wanted to dig into today was just something that was on my heart and i felt like would be just a, a powerful message to put out there was the loneliness that we deal with within marriage. And I am guilty of this, and I think Sarah is guilty of this as well, which is just making ourselves invisible. I own this most of the time. So, I, I don't let anybody do this for me. I kind of choose myself in most situations to make myself invisible, right? Like, okay, so I can be in a situation where I'm not going to let Sarah make me feel that way. I'm just going to choose to do it myself. and And then I know that, well, hey, I still feel like nobody sees me, but it's not coupled with rejection, right? Like, I didn't let Sarah reject me. We think like, hey, within marriage, we can struggle with feelings of loneliness, and that's not being alone, because I know a lot of times, even I, who can sometimes be extroverted, love being alone, and Sarah definitely loves Mm -hmm. her alone time, but even in the midst of being together or alone, we could still struggle with loneliness, and that emotional, mental state of feeling really alone, mm-hmm. even though we can be surrounded by people mm-hmm. or away from people. Mm-hmm. And so you think, like, how, do, how does this happen in marriage? Like, how how do we get lonely in a marriage? You think marriage, you shouldn't be lonely.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You should always have somebody there for you. And I think it's common. And so how how, do, how does this happen?
0: You know, I, I I think part of it goes to the longer you're with somebody the same person I think the easier that can happen right like although the first five six years of marriage are up and down and all around I don't know that there I don't know that that sense comes up right because it's still like some of those things you're experiencing within the first Five years are still new things, right? Like you may do something in year four you've never done, but as you get to like fifteen years, and then obviously plus, you know, I think of like my parents, twenty-five years, thirty years. You know, like you're gonna be, you're gonna be doing the same things over and over again. So eventually, there be there becomes a normalcy to it, right? Like it's become, it's now become part of who you are, your identity, and so I think the longer you're with someone. The easier that is to happen, right? and I think, and then I think, for me, the smaller hiccups actually create the biggest situations of loneliness. It's almost like opposite, right? Like mm-hmm. so then instead of something grand happening that like makes me feel so lonely in in the relation relationship, it's almost opposite. It's almost like now small things, like probably inconsequential things to the normal eye, you know, it makes it almost actually makes those feelings Yeah, I bigger. think we get
1: to a place where my relationship with Sarah isn't where I wanted it to be, or or I don't feel like it's where I desire it to be, or it's not looking like mm-hmm. I have imagined it in my mind. Mm-hmm. And so I immediately think we're just we're just having a hard time listening to each other mm-hmm. or... We're we're not listening to each other. Mm-hmm. Or clearly, Sarah's not hearing what I'm saying, even though I'm not saying anything. <laughs> but I I because we know each other so well, I also know like she's not hearing me, mm-hmm. <laughs> or we're not communicating really well. And sometimes I even tell like for me personally, if I say this to Sarah, I know she might respond like this, so I'm just not even going to say it. And so I'll just put that under the rug because I'll come into a situation. Depending on the facial expression Sarah's giving me <laughs> or or the the mood in the house, I'll just say, "Hey, this is what I want to say to Sarah. If I say it to Sarah like this i I'm already gonna predict I know how she's going to respond, so I just forget it. I'm just not even gonna say it,
0: yeah, and I think right like those are those are such small things, you know i that's not even a there's no like those are not like grand gestures right that completely turn somebody off from wanting to be in relationship, right? It's, it's something it's, it's small, you know? And I think, I also think as we know each other, right? The comfortability of being able to say things happens. And so knowing like, Hey, if I say this, it's going to cause friction. When I feel away about something, I know it's going to cause friction and ultimately pulls us apart, right, and creates that loneliness, yeah. you know? And so I think difference of opinion, whether good, bad, or ugly, right, no matter what it is, or difference of outcome of scenario automatically, I, I feel is probably, like, the biggest wedge in in this current season of our marriage.
1: Yeah, and then there, there's a lot that we don't say to each other, and then... What happens is, for example, let's say we get into a weekend. <laughs> is this and- <laughs>
0: hypothetical or is this real? <laughs>
1: <laughs> kind of both. Okay. So Saturday, I'll, I'll in my mind I'll be imagining like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna get up. I want to do a run, and then I'm gonna go do this, and then X, Y, and Z is gonna happen. I can work on this project, and the this this and this. Even though I didn't proclaim any of that to Sarah, we get up on Saturday morning, and Sarah's like, okay, I'm gonna take the kids here. And then we're gonna do this, and we're gonna do this. And immediately in my mind, I'm thinking, didn't she know I wanted? I didn't want to do this today? Didn't she know that I had this plan for today? And then I'm frustrated all day and I'm mad at Sarah. And Sarah's looking at me like, come on, let's go. Hippity, hippity. <laughs> and I'm like dragging my face. And you know, none of us are communicating that. She's like, why is John being such a drag today? And I'm thinking like, why didn't she know what I wanted to do today? And so then it just ends up with this like complete frustration, right? And mm-hmm. then we both feel... Then we start working and those scenes over and over again start creating this loneliness or this sense of loneliness, Mm -hmm. right? And
0: and that's hard, right? Because I feel – I see that I work in opposition to three out of the five humans that live in our house, right? Like the constantness of the little people here. I in my head expect us, you and I, to be – in sync on the same page not united front to them but just united front with each other in the sense of like why isn't this gelling better why isn't this easier because I like you're the one person in the house that should like be be here with me right like be with me and I shouldn't have to work hard against you because I would work hard against (laughs) Against the other humans in the house, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, like that ex- wait, and that's what that is—is is unset <laughs> expectation. <laughs> you
1: said, you said your mother, wait, you, your mother said you could do that, and then I'm looking at Sarah like, what are you thinking? What we? I just told them they couldn't do that.
0: <laughs> well, and that's the thing, right? And all those situations boil down to unset expectations.
1: Absolutely, and then here's here's the struggle: is like, I can probably do this a thousand different ways within a given week because I do something that made Sarah feel like she wasn't seen, valued, or heard, right? Mm -hmm. And Sarah is looking at me like, there's no way John doesn't know that he just made me feel the way that (laughs) that was definitely intentional, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, no, that was intentional. I was just doing this because I just thought you needed your space. And I thought I would just leave you alone and give you your space and let you do your thing uh, the whole time is you wanted to be seen valued and heard mm-hmm. and i ignored that mm-hmm. and then you're looking at me like and then what then what happens is you double down right mm-hmm. it's not like we communicate through it it's like no i'm going to double down on this <laughs> <laughs>
0: which is my personality so unfortunately for john the passive aggressiveness is rises strong
1: but it reminds me of like we're we're just not aware and i guess a good
0: But I think we, but I don't, I don't, don't sell ourselves short. Like we're not idiots in this situation. Right. I think we are aware. I think we're, I think fear of more hurt and vulnerability and now don't get me wrong. There's been seasons where you and I, and I honestly think probably this is one of them. I mean, we've said things to each other in the last two years because of given circumstances of fears and unknowns and all the things that are swirling around us, but if we go for it, then, you know, I think I think there's the fear of what happens when we do like are we going to fight. Are we going to argue? Are we going to be mad at each other? Are we going to hurt, hurt the relationship in a way that's not that doesn't move it forward when I don't think that's true?
1: It kind of reminds me of the Untold documentary series on Netflix, which is the Malice in the Palace. where We have a situation where Ron Artest There's there's just a big hoopla going on, and everybody's dealing with their own things internally, and nobody knows what Mm -hmm. anybody else is dealing with. Where Ron Artest goes and lays down on the scorer's bench, and he's doing what his mom taught him. Like, he's he's giving himself a timeout, (laughs) counting to five, and people think he's being a jerk. And then Ben Wallace is doing something, but nobody realizes his brother had just passed.
0: Mm -hmm. And so he's
1: dealing with all that. And they just have this, like... if the if everybody knew what everybody was doing or going through, it Be would totally change. Different. It would change the situation yeah. completely, right? Sometimes in relationships, we are we are only thinking about self, how I feel, mm-hmm. what I what I want, how is Sarah meeting my needs, right? Mm-hmm. And so the feeling of worthlessness, I think, is something we typically struggle with, right?
0: Mm-hmm, I would say. Well, and I think that goes with. The less that I personally am Christ-centered, the more I am in the world. I mean, that's, that's the only two options. And the more that I am in the world, the more marriage isn't what I think it should be for myself, which is what you're saying, right? Like, on a bad day, I am only thinking about myself. What went wrong? Who ticked me off? What kid cried? What kid melted down? What kid talked back? I— I still have to make these people food. You know, I mean, like, on a on a real bad day, it's only about me. How do I feel comfort? How am I gonna make it through the day? What's gonna make me feel better? And what can the people around me do? And if I don't, if you're not performing like to support those needs, you're another person that's on my crap list. You know, I mean,
1: yeah, and I think it's even worse when probably probably more so for me when sarah or your your spouse doesn't feel the same way you do and that just drives you to no end or at least me where it's like if if i'm dealing with i'm i'm feeling depressed or i'm feeling anxiety and i'm being a debbie downer and i'm like (laughs) why is everybody else in this house so freaking happy (laughs) like crap is hitting the fan everywhere I can't get any joy coming out of this body and everybody else is all hippity skippity going out and having fun. And I think Sarah looks at me as like, well, if you're going to be a crapper, I'm going to go call my mom and we're going to go out and have fun or something, <laughs> right? And I'm like, you can't freaking have fun while we're, I'm down here feeling this way. Like right. there's no fun allowed. Right. I think, well, maybe that's for both of us. Like when we're in those situations, but it we don't pause and say, hey, let me lament with you. Let me lean into this with you. Or let's have a conversation. Is this okay? Like, do you want the space? Or do you want to be right. involved? How do we get you out of this? And right. we just don't have the communication. So again, back to the double downing. And mm-hmm. I'm internally like, or vice versa, getting frustrated. And it just becomes a cycle.
0: Mm-hmm. This makes re- us really sound like we need counseling, babe.
1: <laughs> hey, back to my book recommendation. Don't you? Uh <laughs> Hopefully everybody listens to this similarly. Like it's it's always good to have a third party. Yeah. To just help work through these things and communicate these things. And even yes, me and Sarah lead into the creative side, sometimes even with this podcast, it helps us talk through these things. We're like, Oh, man, we just did that podcast last night. I didn't know you felt that way.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think you can also go back. I mean, again, I don't wanna make us sound like we're idiots in this marriage thing, right? I think I think logically on paper we know. I yeah. think I think it's our humanness that stops that. Like I know to talk to you or I know I should say, hey, I'm feeling really stressed. I'm feeling really sad. I'm feeling really whatever or whatever the thing is. Like I know I, oh, on paper we know what to do, but our own feelings and humanness just royally screw that up and until it blows.
1: Something we're really terrible at is – Life conversations. Mm -hmm. So usually when me and Sarah have a conversation, it's either something that's really serious, Mm -hmm. we're dealing with something with our kids, or something that is challenging either financially or spiritually and... We're having those serious conversations, or the alternative is nothing. Mm-hmm. There's no conversation at all. Mm-hmm. And so, when we, where and when are we opening up space for just a life conversation? Mm-hmm. How are you doing? What are you excited about? What are your dreams? What are your desires? And usually it's like, I'm dealing with this crappy situation at work. This is frustrating. Mm-hmm. And it's a serious conversation about this or that. And if it's not that conversation, it's, we're exhausted and on the couch and half asleep.
0: <laughs> and that's the thing too though, right? But I mean, that's seasonal. Like we were very intentional about that prior to March of 2020, right? And I don't I'm not saying this as as circumstances are the excuse, but we were able to let outside circumstances change The choices we made, right? We have chosen for almost two years to let the outside weight affect how we choose to spend our communication time, either all or nothing, you know? And so we, again, we know the tools, we know steps we can have or implement and do the things, but I got to believe that that's seasonal for a lot of people. And I'm sure there are some marriages that are just rocking it Day one to day the end, right? I'm sure, you know, but I got to believe that that's ups and downs for most people and for most relationships.
1: Yeah, I agree, and hopefully, most people can just be honest and say, like, "Hey, yeah, that's that's not us,"
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that's
1: okay. Like, yeah, you know, we don't say this. Like, there's there's grace here, and that's what we're talking about. This thing we're not identifying something wrong with Sarah or something wrong with John. What we're identifying is imagine John taking off a hat, throwing it in the middle of the room us looking at it and saying that hat, that's the problem. Mm -hmm. How do we as a team work with, with God in in us to tackle this thing? And I was laughing too, because I I think like you said, sometimes when, if, if we're in those situations and either Sarah's hurting or I'm hurting in this situation, Sarah is hurting a lot of times, you know, we'll go somewhere else because we've, we've had a lot of those serious conversations. We're just kind of tired of having those conversations and we're feeling lonely because we just want to have a life conversation. And instead of having that with Sarah, I'll go to somebody for me personally, my go to is my older brother, because <laughs> it is like, the, it, it never turns off. It's like a faucet that just explodes and goes for life conversations. Like, if you want a good, entertaining, fun conversation, mm-hmm. you call Kenny Huebner, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he answers the phone and he's like,
0: hey, man, what's up? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know,
1: like, and it's just an instant, like, I can go right to the fountain and get that conversation. And, you know, sometimes Sarah's looking at me like, hey, I, I wanted you to come to me for that, mm-hmm. right?
0: I also think, too, right, like, we have the great ability to use, I'm trying to think of, the like, the phrase, opportunities in in place of that, right? So, like, I feel like, man, we aren't having those life conversations with each other. So, currently, John and I are researching and watching a ton of youtube videos on this trailer called the bean or something right what's it called the bean Bean. you know what i'm saying so i feel like sometimes or like hey let's get quotes for our bathroom remodel like although those are on our life to-do list i think sometimes it is also easy to use outside tools or opportunities to funnel in some non-serious or non-silent life together time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I don't I don't necessarily think that's a bad way as long as people are being financial, financially responsible, okay? <laughs> but outside of that, yeah. you know, being serious, I think sometimes you can look at our years in our life together and say like, oh, this is the time they went to so-and-so or like... Like, we don't ever travel at Thanksgiving. And so this year, this past year, we are like, let's go to Arkansas. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like you can pinpoint things like, oh, and you check our YouTube browser and there's 25 videos on this sleeper camper thing that's tiny that we want to take our family and we're like talking about camping trips, which note note to the people, we don't really camp. I mean, we want to, but we don't. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I feel like sometimes we pull in some major outside I don't know what that word is again like opportunities or situation into our lives that gives us almost like a happy medium right like to dream about camping with our family and pulling this little trailer has opened up a door where we've talked about where would we camp where do we want to go on land to the campsite you know
1: yeah and I think that's what the book I read kind of got into which is we are leaning into this this Side of beauty and creativity, which is a, is is an act of worship.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Even though we we don't always see it that way, but it is, and that's what we try to do as a family, and are utilizing these capabilities and abil- abilities and talents that God created with a, within us mm-hmm. to be and bear who He is, a Creator, right? Mm-hmm. And it really draws us to him. And there's an excitement with us. Like you said, it has nothing to do with the camp. I mean, uh, the camper really has to us to, to imagine, imagining ourselves in a beautiful place as a family, right? Mm-hmm. And exploring. And there's like a wonder to it. And mm-hmm. all of that is like encapsulated and, and caught right. up in that. And I think a lot of times what we do is we we dissect our family and end up in a lot more situations or environments where we're not... We're not doing that as a family. We're not doing that as a community. And we find us in situations where it's like, okay, I'm hurt this week. And so I'll say, Sarah's like, well, if you're going to be like that, I'm going to... She's like, hey, is it okay if I go to Target? You know, with a friend, and go walk around Target tonight, and I'm kind of like, you know, with my f- teeth grit. and like, yeah, that's that's fine, or at least initially, I am thinking.
0: Hey, I have asked you before, no, buddy. That.
1: So that's what I was saying. So I think I think initially I'm like, yes, I want to give Sarah some space to go out and be in, be with an adult, and yada yada yada. And then what happens is she leaves, and our kids are.
0: They always have the worst bedtime nights like, ever. Every time
1: I'm gonna give you kids a new one if y'all don't get it freaking straight, and. Because of all this, is hap- all this is happening for my kids, I'm just immediately blaming Sarah. Like, <laughs> it's your fault that I had the worst night ever with our kids. So, when you come home, I'm going to let you hear about it. Right. And so th- no. that's not fair. So, when you come in the door, I'm sitting the- on the couch with the worst face facial expression ever. And you're looking at me like, what happened to you?
0: <laughs> like, Which is what I say. Yeah. What happened here? Like,
1: oh, if you, and then of course, you exaggerate how terrible your kids are.
0: And that comes back to, right? Because that's the same thing when you come home from work and it's been a rough afternoon and that got, that completely circles back to the idea of loneliness, right? In yeah, a marriage like, explain, like although we had time apart as should, you go here, I go there, whatever, but like the idea that when one of us comes back into that that group, that circle There is a break in the connection, you know, there's a a lack in the connection that creates that loneliness, although we are together, you know, and we ultimately then can't sit down and go, man, it was crummy and I either missed you or was just jealous or mad or whatever you went to Target or vice versa. Like, you know, you went to coffee with your teammates today and bummer, I like coffee and I missed out and not being able to say that, and then for the other person to hold space for that and go, well, you saying that isn't about me. It's just about how you're feeling, and I want to hold space for that, right? Correct. You know, and it comes back to that, like, well, I feel lonely, and I can't, and, and I can't say it on top of that.
1: Again, are we having truthful conversations? Are we having life conversations? Right. Nope, nope, nope. Right. And I think what, what scares me, too, which I really worry about and I I really don't like is, Social media can be an outlet where we double down mm-hmm. on these things, and we get lost in wanting to be seen, soothed, made feel safe. And you know, every day I see people pouring their hearts out, and I know some of that is well-intentioned, and some of that might be really cool from a testimonial perspective where you're just sharing how God's working in your life, but a big portion of that scares me because I'm, I'm sitting there wondering, like, hey, are you sharing that with your spouse? Mm-hmm. Are you having that conversation with them or are Mm -hmm. they finding out about that reading their social media page like, huh, I didn't know my wife felt this way. (laughs) (laughs) And that's not the greatest place to be finding that stuff out. Like Mm -hmm. you you should be having that conversation and then somebody saying like, hey, I think this could be impactful for other people Mm -hmm. or, you know, because I I don't want to just totally bash it because that's what we're doing here on a podcast, but I think there's space for it, but we're we're doing that together, and we're having that conversation together. And it's not like me doing this podcast with a friend and then Sarah listening to it and be like,
0: no, "Hey, no, felt that way. I,
1: I wish you had had that talk yeah. with me." And and that's how we we grow our marriage. So that that scares me a little bit. So as we as we close our
0: podcast, I just I can't. <laughs> Do you think We're we not, actually came, like, kind a conclusion, no conclusion, conclusion here. Babe? Yeah,
1: this is just... That's why I said at the beginning, we are not relationship experts. This is till experts. death do us
0: part, babe. I just
1: wanted to tell you guys how we suck at this.
0: <laughs> till death do us no. part.
1: But I think me and Sarah know that we know that we know that we know there has to be a space for creativity for us. There has to be live conversations. There has to be prayer. There has to be good liturgies where we have good habits on having a conversation about, hey... How is your week going? Mm -hmm. Hey, what are the things you you desire and how do we how do we lean into those? What what is it what is it you care about? What should we pray for? Mm -hmm. And we we just have to have those conversations.